You are listening to the Hustle of the Day podcast with Trent Bray from Hustle Energy. Today's guest is Marcus Wing, a self-proclaimed hustler who runs 4FX Productions in Highland, Utah. What's up, everybody? My name is Trent. Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast where I interview entrepreneurs and those who get out there and hustle. Today, I am very fortunate to have Marcus Wing here with me. And Marcus is somebody that um, I met through the Heavy Academy um, earlier this year and uh, followed his journey on social media. And I have been very impressed and knew I had to get him here on the show. So welcome, Marcus. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. Like I said, the honor's here. But uh, I want the audience to who, who doesn't follow you on social media to... Uh, understand who Marcus is a little bit better and uh, kind of give us a little bit of your background. Uh, okay. So you can follow my social media if you want to. I think I'm most active on Instagram. It's at Big Marcus Wing. It's M A R C U S W I N G, like a chicken wing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, frankly, I own my own business. Uh, it's morphed over the years. Right now, I do audiovisual. I set up stage sound lighting for events, um, which is a lot of different events. Uh, it's been you know corporate events to parties to concerts. We've done Macklemore. We've done bands like Kid Ink, and then we've done some pretty boring things that uh, have paid the bills but uh, <laughs> still require AV. Yeah. Um, I started out as a promoter a long time ago. I've had a few other companies that kind of got me into promoting. Uh, I've put on events here in Utah, uh, surrounding states. I DJ, uh, and I started DJing because I saw a lack of entertainment. And when I was hiring people, I didn't think they were doing a good enough job. So I decided to do it myself. Some people thought I were, that, uh, I guess some people thought, think or thought that I was good because they still hire me to do their events now. <laughs> I traveled all over the country, um, pretty much to every state DJing for different events and different companies. And so between all of that, I make a living and support uh, my hobbies and all my kids' hobbies. Very cool. Which is vast. Yeah. And most important. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I understand the family aspect being uh, having three kids myself, but yeah. Um, can you take us back a little bit about what you mentioned? There were some companies that uh, got you into promoting. Um, mm, I don't want to get too deep in that one. Deep. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> I can tell you this, that uh, even as a kid, I grew up in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Family didn't have a lot of money. So from a very young age, I figured out that if I wanted something, I had to figure out how to get it. Yeah. And so I don't like to call myself an entrepreneur. I don't like the term. I feel okay. like I'm too gangster for that. Okay. You know, when you picture an entrepreneur, you picture a tie, a suit, nice shoes. And I'm the guy wearing beat up jeans and either a flannel, white t-shirt, backwards hat. And uh, usually some scuffed up bands, you know what there I mean. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't like. I don't know that I like the term entrepreneurship for myself. I'm just kind of like a hustler, you know there what I mean. Go. If uh, if I'm hungry, and I don't mean just like food hungry, but right. if there's something I want, I've got a pretty good knack for figuring out how to get it. You know what I mean. There you go. So yeah, you've got a garage full of pit bikes that will that. Uh Follow along with that ethos. Good times. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Um, so as you were getting to where you are today, um, who do you think was most influential in that? 
and that doesn't have to be necessarily business, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, from a young, I mean, I guess there's two different figures that I've kind of had. One was my dad Mm -hmm. and growing up. I mean, my dad was the type of guy who worked construction, put in 80 hours a week, come home after his 80 hours would find side jobs, hustle side jobs. Uh, and then because we didn't live in the nicest area and our house wasn't the greatest, if any had any time after that, it was working on our house to make sure that we lived in a nice place. And so for my dad, I got that like uh, work ethic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I will outwork anybody. And, uh, you know, with my company, you can ask all my guys. I'll be the first one to lift something that's heavy. I'll be the first one to push a box. I'll be the first one to clean up the needs. And I think I got that aspect from my dad. And I will always, you know, appreciate that and kind of, you know, that's always going to be in me. I'm always, I'm always going to have that mindset of being blue collar and, you know, I will try to outwork everybody, right? There you go. Then on the second hand, uh, we moved from Southern California to Utah when I was 18. I worked in a motorcycle shop, worked with a guy named Rich Agate, and I saw a different aspect where Rich, um, you know, he worked hard, right? Mm-hmm. He made a good living. He was always riding motorcycles. Uh, he was always saying, hey, guys, I'll see you in about an hour. I'm going to my kid's soccer game. Uh, so I realized at that point, it's like, okay, my dad, he, man, he worked hard, but we hardly ever saw him. Right. Uh, you know, he put in the hours, he provided, he was a great provider, but you know, the lifestyle aspect that wasn't like, wasn't something that I wanted, you know? And then I saw Rich over here and I'm like, dude works hard, um, works, but also is enjoying the heck out of his life. You know what I mean? Right. He was constantly, on trips with his family and going to Disneyland and, you know, like skipping out to go to like field trips. And so I've always kind of taken those two aspects, like the hard work and then the working smarter mm-hmm. and have kind of combined them to kind of come up with my own deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I think those have probably been the two most influential dudes. Um, both super important. I don't think one's yeah. better than the other, but I've taken a bit of both and kind of come up with my own like, special sauce you know yeah the the, the marcus wing brand uh which i I can relate to that a lot of that my mom was uh uh, very business oriented worked really really hard but we rarely saw her and that's something that same thing it's like i want to be around my kids i want to be there to take them to school and things like that so i I appreciate yeah I, i am probably different than most people in the fact that i really don't care about money Money is, there's no figure that I've put into my vision board. Right. There's no like end goal of how much money I want to make. It's all lifestyle oriented. I want to live good. You Mm -hmm. know, I want to be at all my kids stuff. I want to, you know, uh, go dirt biking when I want to go dirt biking. I don't want to have to ask anybody, you know, I think that to me is success rather than having a bunch of money, but having no time, you know, for me, it's like, I'd rather make less money and enjoy the heck out of everything because I think, frankly, people have it freaking backwards, okay? Why do you work your whole life till you're 65 so you can retire and you have a ton of money and maybe your body's worn out, you're getting older, you can't enjoy things, you can't go as hard on like a, a dirt bike, you can't go surfing and all. It's like, why don't you do it, enjoy that now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of putting it all off and just focusing strictly on making money. Does that make any sense? That makes sense. I hope I'm not like throwing off your podcast and telling you the wrong thing. No, 
It's, that's how I look at life. You it, know? Absolutely. It's about you. So that's your, your version of events is what I want to hear. So, yeah, I think success is going to be looking back and, you know, I'm 65 with a worn out, broken body looking back and just being an absolute storyteller and sitting mm-hmm. back and being like, Hey, remember that time we almost got ate by a shark in Santa Cruz <laughs> while surfing and we had no business being there, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is one thing you've taken up recently is the surfing, which is, is pretty cool. Like you said, you're living your life and trying to, uh, um, enjoy it now. Well, you look at motorcycles and I see a lot of the older guys riding motorcycles, which is obviously a passion of mine, Mm -hmm. but a lot of those guys are hobbling and not moving around real good when they're older. But every time I go to the beach, look out on the water, you always see these shredded like seven year old dudes who are still surfing. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, maybe that's something I can do when I get old, you know? Yeah. And even, you know, getting to the point where I'm getting old, but it's uh, easier on the body you know, highly, uh, I mean, it, it keeps you in shape. It's low impact, that yeah. sort of thing. So surfing has become a new hobby. Very cool. Um, so we, we talked a, a little bit about how you, uh, kind of fell into, uh, becoming as, as you termed a hustler, which, right. which I appreciate that you have your, your own take on that. You don't necessarily resonate with the word entrepreneur, entrepreneur which it's not me. Yeah, that's that's totally understandable. Everybody, I, I like your your version of that. But yeah, uh, so you did the party promoting, and that kind of morphed into uh, more of the setting up events. Was that natural progression then? Yeah. So when me and my wife got married, I had a business, and I was planning on that being the thing. And then, like six weeks before we got married, it turned upside down. I realized that that wasn't going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no backup plan. I had no education. Um, really, I had no money. I was in a lot of debt from other bad decisions. And so I was loading glass for my dad's construction company for like $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. I was working security at a nightclub. I had no direction, you know, nothing. So, uh, I figured, man, I got to figure something out, you know? And uh, that's the one thing I said, like, I'm good at is if I am hungry, I'll figure out how to eat, you know? So the club owner that I worked out was doing security, dude was like killing it on Thursday nights, two, 3,000 people. It was a country night and a hip hop on the other side. Mm -hmm. Massive turnout. Saturday nights was a Latin night, 3,000 people completely Mm -hmm. sold out. Friday nights, 50 people. You know what I mean? Nobody. (laughs) And I was working security. He was barely able to pay me, you know? Yeah. So I just went to him. I'm like, yo, dude, if if I could get people here, how much would it be worth to you? And he was like, I'll pay you half of whatever you can get here. So at the time, I was like, well, let me throw a party once a month. So I did. And I think the first time I threw a party, and I hate throwing out numbers because I don't want to sound like a pompous, you know, dude. But, I mean, the first time I threw a party, I made like 15 grand. Wow. And that me, for me at that time, yeah. you know, 23, I mean, that was a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it went from that. And then I said, well, dude, this works. So I started doing it once a month. And then I'm like, well, if I could do colleges once a month and I'm making good money, why don't we do a high school party once a month to make money? So I was doing two parties a month and making pretty good money. Well, then what happened is everybody saw what I was doing. 
You know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, dude, must be easy. Great, you know, throw up a couple <laughs> speakers and get some blinky lights and, yeah. you know, put on a freaking iTunes playlist and charge people at the door. And what they're doing is they're copying everything that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Word for word, flyers would look the same. And so people would go thinking that it was something like I was doing. Right. And then they were like, well, this isn't the same. I'm never going to go to any of these again, which my numbers started going down because it became oversaturated. So I'm looking in the distance. And I'm like, okay, I'm throwing parties. This is good. But they're starting to go down, not making as much money. What could I do? Well, then I started people having uh, call me saying, hey, you're a DJ. You're a really good DJ. Uh, I've been to your parties. Do you want to come DJ at my at this school, this college? I think the first one that called was Utah State, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, sure. And they're like, oh, do you have your own equipment? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I got that. So at first, I started renting equipment. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, go do a gig at Utah State. And then I realized, I'm like, well, if I had my own equipment, I'd make more money, you know? And, uh, you know, you could count on these colleges doing events two to three times a year, big events, and they'd pay it. So it was like, it was kind of like good money, you know? It was like, you knew what was coming. You knew how much you were going to make. You knew how much, you know, your expenses were going to be. So I could tell you at the end of the day how much money I was going to have, you know, at the end of the month where with a party, it's like if I was throwing one party in the month and it didn't make money, I was screwed, you know? Right. So I was still throwing parties, but I started taking all the money that I was making and buying gear. And then I approached it differently and said, okay, cool. I'm going to start doing these colleges, right? I started doing the colleges. Eventually, I said, okay, I'm tired of throwing parties. I really don't like being around all the people, uh, which is weird, you know? People think that I'm like, love being in crowds, being around a ton of people. I don't, you know? I don't. Usually, I'm behind a barricade. Right on a stage by myself and I don't have to be around anybody. So I was like, all right, two years, I want to be out of parties, at least throwing my own parties. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to be a promoter. I didn't want to have to be passing out flyers and constantly trying to connect with people. So within two years, I morphed over into basically all college and all high school events, you know, from there. Sorry. I talked a lot too. You didn't know you were getting into. That's great. Uh, from there, I was like, okay, cool. Well, you know, these college events are cool, great, but they're consistent, but they don't pay a lot of money, you know? It's like I'm bringing a stage, sound, lighting, audio technicians, lighting technicians, video wall. Uh, I'm the entertainment myself, the DJ, and I'm getting paid, you know, three grand, 3,500 bucks. I'm like, mm-hmm. this isn't making much sense, you know, if I'm doing all the work. So then I was like, well, shoot. These corporate events, man, they freaking, they pay good money. Right. I can make really good money. And generally, it's a lot easier work. And I don't have to take as much gear. And they usually feed you. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. (laughs) You know what I mean? So we moved into corporate events and naturally started doing more of those and started getting into other rentals. And that's kind of where we're at now is we're just progressing as I get, I guess, a little bit smarter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, as my interest level changed, you know, I used to love being a DJ and doing these big parties and I still do. Don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, but I just found that there's other ways that are easier to make better money, less, uh, less time at events and allows me to be home more, you know? No, I understand. I I relate a lot to that uh, in the, in that I'd, I'd rather be up on a stage talking or, you know, whatnot, rather than be down in in uh, mingling with people and so i i totally understand where you're coming from on that it's 
that separation is is key for me. I'm very introverted, so right. Um, so one thing that I think would be really interesting in your line of work, uh, some of one of my favorite things to do is people watch. You right. get a, you get a lot of people watching going on for sure from your vantage point. What's been some of the craziest? things you've seen that you can talk about at least. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, my wife used to work all of our events. Yeah. You know, when it was, when I first started my events, I was hiring people to take money at these events and they weren't people I knew or trusted. And I was coming up short on money mm-hmm. every time from the ticket count to the cash count. Yeah. And it happened three times in a row. And I said, screw this. I said, I'm not going to have anyone take money that I don't trust. So mm-hmm. my wife came in with our like, you know, six month old baby in a car seat, (laughs) hanging out behind her at a party. My mom would come in, my sister would come in. And from then on, you know, money would, you know, always like be on, you know what I mean? But my wife would be up there and, you know, granted, uh, I'm in this like environment where it's like young party kids, Mm -hmm. but I don't talk to anybody. I talk to my guys at work. I'll, I'll shake people's hands and that's about it. And not, not because I'm disrespectful. A lot of people probably think I'm, mean or rude but it's just more out of respect for my wife yeah i'm not trying to be that guy you know but she would be up front and people would make stuff up all the time like girls would come up and they'd be like hey um i get in for free and she's like well why do you get in for free she's like oh well i'm marcus wing's girlfriend and she's like oh it's nice to meet you i'm marcus wing's wife you know what i mean (laughs) so that and then one time you know everybody would always try to haggle on price it's 10 bucks you know what i mean kids would come in and be like oh hey i've only got eight dollars and she'd be like all right cool come see me when you got ten dollars yeah and one kid called her a bitch oh and so she stopped she let other people take money and she came and got me eventually the kid came in and uh kid was she told me i said okay show me who he is so i walked up to him i said hey said you call my wife a bitch he's like uh, 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 uh. i'm like <laughs> did you call her a bitch he's like no no i'm like okay well she said you call her a bitch did you call her a bitch or did you call her a liar which one you know, and he's, uh, 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 and I just grabbed him by his collar, dragged him to the door and told him to never come back. There so, you go. That's yeah. Awesome. As far as people watching, honestly, when I'm DJing, I don't pay much attention to what's happening besides specifics. Like, Hey, right. am I, am I getting them to move? Are they responding? If they're not responding, I'm in and out of songs like within seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. But those are some of the things that kind of stand out, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm LDS mm-hmm. and I go to church and they'd be like, so, Brother Wing, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I throw parties for a living. They're like, okay, well, how do you support your family, Brother Wing? I'm like, I throw parties for work. And they're like, well, is that all you do? And then I would you know, go even further back. No, I sell weed. You need any? And they just, you know, a little taken back. But yeah, it's not the most common thing to do for a living here no. in Utah, you know? No, it, it's not. But it, you're, you're proof that it can support the family and it right. can still be fun, too. Um, yeah, the, so you've kind of done this a little bit, but, uh, one question I wanted to ask you is how would you define hustle? Uh, just that is, Hey, you know, for me, I've never had a safety net. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My parents aren't in a position to help. My wife's parents aren't in a position to help. Um, if I don't have enough money at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Bills don't get paid. It's not like I can be like, oh, that's cool. I'll just call this person and borrow some money. Like I don't right. have that option and never have, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, it's like just figuring out how to make it work, you know? 
I'm, I could be the stupidest person, you know, and some people are probably going to listen to this and be like, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> well, frankly, I am, but I'm smart in some ways where it's like, you know, when I think about hustling, it's like, okay, cool. Back in the day, my parents would buy me Payless shoes. I'd get made fun of at school and I'd be like, I don't want to wear Payless shoes anymore. So I had a guy in my ward who cut down trees after school. He was a teacher and then cut out, cut down trees. So at 10 years old, I'm out you know, dragging trees over to a chipper after school so I could afford to buy shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, then, I mean, it doesn't seem important now, but then it was super important to me, you know? Now it's like, okay, cool. You know, I've got to pay for this. I got to pay for that. These bills are coming up. If I don't have the money, then I just figure out how to do it. And that sounds maybe overly simplified, but I mean, it's not, you know, it's just figuring out how to do it. There's no safety net. You know, if you don't pay for it, it's not going to get met. You got to get it done. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So for me, that's it. It's if you're hungry, figure out how to eat. There you, you go. Know? There's, there's a lot of people that don't have that, and I don't know if you can develop it or not, but it's an instinct that, uh, you know, not only just eat for yourself, but provide. Right. You know, I've got five people living in this house besides myself that also need for me to feed. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. And one thing that I, I really like that uh, you've, that you're at least, uh, trying to instill is the work ethic in your children. You, you bring them to events sometimes to help out, but yeah. then it's not just that you, you know, if they, they're fortunate enough to have a pit bike track in their backyard, they go out ride, you make sure they wash them down and things like that. I mean, that, that's the pretty one cool thing to instill that. I would never want to do is rob my kids of the hustle. You yeah. know what I mean? Just because I'm doing better. They have nice things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we race dirt bikes. They all have brand new dirt bikes. I'm, I've done that. But at the same time, like I don't want to rob them of what I learned as a kid. Hey, yeah. if you want something, you got to get it. So my kids, anytime they want something, they have to earn it. You know what I mean? I've taken Jax, uh, came and helped me set up a stage last week. Hmm. London will work in the shop. Even my littlest kids, when they want, hey, dad, I want my youngest kid, they wanted a crybaby doll. Mm-hmm. She saw on the TV. And so she went out and picked up trash in my shop for a couple hours, you know, over a couple days. So for me, it's important to, you know, even though we have the means and we're doing better than, you know, I did when I was growing up. I never want to rob them of like that. My dad's side of learning was like, Hey, you have to work. You have to outwork everybody. If you want something, you got to figure out how to get it. Uh, I I don't want to like take that away from them because we're doing better, you know? Yeah. Um, going back a a little bit to what you said, uh, you know, you, some people might think you're an idiot. I personally do not. However, appreciate that, man. (laughs) However, uh, it's it's a common phrase though is to be the dumbest person in the room because you you want to be able to soak up knowledge of the people that are around you and be able to learn from them. Um, but also, I think um, having that attitude is what allows you to um, to really go out there and hustle. Because if you think that you're too smart to do something like picking up trash or, you know, whatever it is, like you said, when you're hungry, you go out, do whatever it takes. If you feel like you're too smart for that, then you may just let that opportunity pass you by. Did you listen to that episode we did on the heavy checklist with uh, Rich? Yes. Rich is kind of that guy I was talking about. I mean, he brought up like the point that just really, I think takes it home is that, and that's being dumb enough to do something. Right. You know, where some people, I have guys that 
have worked for me in the past that were way too smart for their own good. They were just analyzed and overanalyzed and be like, well, we shouldn't do that because of this and this and this. Sometimes you just got to be dumb enough to believe that you can actually do it and make it happen, you right. know, instead of like overanalyzing and thinking, well, it just can't be done because this, we don't have enough time. We don't have this, this, this. I'm dumb enough to say, Hey, you know, if I want a new Harley, cool. Give me a couple of weeks. I'll figure out how to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, man, it's not easy. I mean, like when me and Heidi were first getting married, like I wanted to be out of debt in a year. I ran firework tents and they were like, Hey, you can make really good money running one firework tent. I'm like, cool. One firework tent. Well, how many you got available? They're like, well, we've got four. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do all four. Huh? And I ran four and I was working night security and I was like, you know, selling pretty much everything I owned and working side jobs and anything I could do. And so I'd always, it's not like it comes easy, but you just get that mentality, like no safety net. If you want something, you're the only one that can make it happen. I think there's a lot of power in being dumb enough to believe that you can do it. Yeah. And that, uh, like you mentioned, the heavy checklist podcast, uh, the, that you, uh, kind of organize and do all the audio work for and also a guest host or i guess a regular host i should say yeah um that's been a a new experience for you hasn't it and kind of helping build and yeah. establish your business <clears throat> well that and just you know i never really d- believed in personal development mm-hmm. i'd be the first guy to make fun of you for it you know and uh I just thought everything was cool. I mean, I was doing fine, you know, but then, uh, we started the, the podcast and for me, I wanted to jump right in and made a lot of good, like, um, progression from personal development. Now right. I'm a big believer. And I mean, before here, I went to the gym, which I've just started, you know, a few months ago and I made some goals and doing some different things that uh, I really feel like have like, you know, helped me out a ton, yeah. you know? I think uh, building your own business starts with yourself. And so I think once you fine tune yourself, then you can fine tune your business as well. So, yeah, well that, and you realize that there's no peak or plateau that you get to, you know, it's not like you get up there and be like, ah, I made it. What up? You know, nothing left. I'm good. And I kind of felt like I was sitting on a plateau or a small plateau thinking, yeah, I'm good. Uh, everything's good, man. My family's great. We have some nice things, yada, yada, yada. I've gotten super comfortable and I realized that there's a whole other side of the mountain to climb. And with that, there's a lot of like gratification, you know right. what I mean? And satisfaction that comes along with continuing to climb, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what's one thing that, uh, somebody starting a business today that you would tell them to do every single day? Well, and, and this is another thing we talk about on the checklist. Make sure what you make sure owning a business is what you want to do, you know, because, you know, there is some real um, benefits to working for someone. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, being able to take your boots off, take your boots off, meaning like you get home at five o'clock and you have no worries. Right. You don't got to worry about paying payroll. You don't got to worry about how you're going to feed your family. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, a vehicle breaking down and it costing five grand that you don't have, you know, right. you don't have to worry about, you know, work not being in the pipeline and how you're going to pay for your family and support everybody who work for his family. You know what I mean? So my biggest tip is like, make sure that's what you want to do. <laughs> Cause it's really like, you know, a very popular thing right now to right. be an entrepreneur and you got guys yelling and screaming at you. 
oh, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you don't own your own business, you're a failure, which I think is complete crap. You know what I mean? You can live a great lifestyle. And for me, like I said, having weekends off, I haven't had a weekend off in probably 12 years. Yeah. Very little, maybe a few. You know what I mean? I work every single weekend. I travel every single weekend, which sometimes would be super cool to be home and like go to my kid's soccer game. But for me, it's like, okay, well, I got Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday to be at home. So, you know, my biggest thing is like, make sure that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? And then the second thing I would say is, you know, either jump all the way in. If you're in a position to do that, burn the ship. I mean, leave no safety net so that you have no option to fail. You know what I mean? Or do it smart and do it over time and don't quit your day job and build it up as you go. So I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but two things. It's like, you know, you may be young and you may have a wife and that's it with no real responsibilities. Great time to start a business. Yeah. If you got four kids at home and, you know, they're counting on you to provide, maybe take it a little bit slower and play it a little bit more safe. And number three, you know, being a CEO and an entrepreneur of somebody else's company there's a lot of good in that too. Absolutely. And you can grow your business inside someone else's business. You yeah. know, that's kind of, kind of my thoughts with the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, it, it starting a business isn't necessarily for everyone, but it is, um, so far one of the interviews that I have recorded was somebody who was an entrepreneur. Um, and so there is definitely the right personality for that versus yeah. starting your own business. So, I, I appreciate that thought. Um, so if you were to look in the dictionary at Marcus Wing, what would it say? <coughs> Hopefully not asshole. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, man. I don't really like to toot my own horn, but yeah. I, I would imagine, you know, maybe not in the dictionary, but maybe on my headstone. Uh, maybe when I'm gone and dead, whether that be, you know, like two years from now, which with all my motorcycle wrecks could be very possible, <laughs> you know, or whether it be when I'm 90 years old and crippled and deaf from too many events and, you know, too many motorcycle wrecks. I I, I just hope that at the end that it's uh, I've taken full advantage of my life. You look at the span of a lifetime, 80, 90 years, that's all you get, you mm-hmm. know. And the idea of like working my whole life sounds daunting yeah. and maybe that that's not the right entrepreneurial thing to say, but no. for me, like, I just hope that I take advantage of everything, every second, every day, everything's an adventure. You know, the reason why I started surfing is because I went to California on gigs like 15 times this summer, you mm-hmm. know? Well, if I'm in California, am I just going to sit in my hotel room and wait for the event to happen? Or do I buy a surfboard and then go a day early and surf all day and surf the morning before the event and then do the event and then hurry and get a surf, you know, session in and then go home. You know what I mean? So that for me, at the end of the day, I just hope that I take advantage of life and enjoy the heck out of it. People need to realize, man, like life isn't, uh, this dark, thing that we just endure but it's meant to be enjoyed you know and so that's kind of my whole theory on things is work hard but enjoy the heck out of it you know absolutely i I love that so i'm not looking for any specific answer i I really want to know what who is marcus wing and you know what the things you value and so i appreciate that um 
So I want to do some rapid fire kind of just uh, kind of off the wall questions. Shoot. Uh, to uh, find out a little bit more about you. Now, something that I know you probably already have an answer to because you have done some fighting. But yeah, you're about to fight someone. What song comes on as your soundtrack? Bro him, Pennywise. There you go. That's it. <laughs> That was my fight. So the one fight I did have, I walked out to bro him, Pennywise. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so let's say that you've been given an elephant. You can't give it away. You can't sell it. What do you do with that elephant? I don't know. They take really big craps. <laughs> I wouldn't want them in the backyard. I, I don't know, man. This is going to sound bad, too. But maybe I would... Uh, does elephant taste good? I mean, maybe <laughs> I fill cannot, the freezer. I do not know. Fill a few freezers. <laughs> okay. Um, if you could make a rule that everybody in the world had to follow for one day, what would it be? Be nice to people. It's a good one. Yeah. Far too many people are not nice to each other. I appreciate that. Um, who would win in a fight, Spider-Man or Batman, and why? Um, I'd say Spider-Man cause he's got actual powers and not just like gizmos, you know? There you go. Yeah. That's a good answer. And then, uh, finally does pineapple belong on a pizza? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and in my opinion, nothing belongs on a pizza besides cheese and extra oh, cheese okay. and more cheese. Okay. That's it. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm the type that, uh, I'm, I like meat on the cheese, uh, meat on the pizza, but that's, that's about it. And I, Extra I'm not, cheese and cheese on top of cheese. That's it go. for me. You'd get along with my seven year old real yeah. well. <laughs> so any shout outs that you'd like to, uh, shout out here? Um, uh, my wife for being awesome, you know, and what I do, it's really hard. And a lot of women could not support what I do. You know what I mean? Especially over the years and all the events I've done and the places I've had to DJ, She's a freaking uh, rock in our relationship. Super, yeah. super supportive. And she's allowed me to be successful and not having to worry about her being upset with me for, you know, places I've had to be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That and I want to give a shout out to all my guys that work hard. You know what I mean? Because like I said, my business wouldn't run without good people that work for me. So shout out to Tyler. Shout out to Joey. Shout out to Taylor. And everybody else that I'm forgetting, L.A. Um, and, yeah, everybody over the years, too. I've had, you know, you know, 100 people who've come and gone. and I appreciate all those guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you definitely lead by example. Um, I was fortunate enough to help you uh, tear down at the Second Heavy Academy. And you appreciate just, that. Yeah, no worries. You were, you were working hard and. I think everybody elevated themselves to, to match your level. So I appreciate, uh, the example you do, the, the example you give and, um, for, uh, your definition of hustle. I, I really yeah. resonated with that. Uh, you mentioned it on Instagram one time, the, you know, you, if you're hungry, you're going to find a way to eat. And so yep. I, I appreciate I'm that. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always hungry. Yeah. Always Always something you got to work for and provide for that family. So cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time and, uh, um, oh, shout out to you for coming to my house too. Yeah. No driving worries. Down. No, yeah, no worries. It. I appreciate your time. So, and time is the one thing you can't get back. So I, I appreciate it. You bet. And, uh, for all those listening, uh, make sure to follow Marcus at big Marcus wing on Instagram. And, uh, for all those who were inspired by this, go out there and hustle the day.
Thanks for listening to the Hustle of the Day podcast all the way through. I really appreciate it. Just want to let you know that I help small businesses. So if you need help with your online strategy for your small business, go ahead and hit me up. Trent V. Bray on Instagram or TrentVBray.com.